This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Uh, Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group, episode 30. My goodness, time is flying by. Got a great program today. It's just me today. Mike Bradley not able to make it in. But I've got Coach Isaiah Taylor from the Y High Indians with us. And, hey, Coach, how you doing? Coach, how you doing? Hey, doing well. So glad you could join us today. I appreciate that. A busy time for you. You guys there at Y High have uh, already started weightlifting. How long has that been going on? Uh, Pretty much since the start of the new year. Okay. All right. So once January hit, they start uh, working that in. Uh, some breaking news, by the way, out of Kent County today. Coach Brian Aiken has stepped down as the head coach there at the Kent County uh, uh, Trojans. So they are in the market for a new head coach, much like J.M. Bennett. And I understand they have uh, been conducting interviews there for that school. So uh, Coach yeah. Taylor's with us. And, you know, I, one of the biggest things I think that a high school deals with in trying to get a program like you have is consistency at the top. Right. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that that definitely makes it hard to implement a culture when you know there's no consistency from a head coach. And you know, the thing is, I, I believe that it takes time. I think in year one. You know, I definitely was frustrated with the results. I think we were just five, four and five or something like that. And, you know, but it takes time to build a program. It takes a lot of work, too. So, yeah, hoping that, that we get some more consistency out of the base side. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. Of course, uh, uh, I did hear also breaking news. I announced it uh, last week out of North Carolina High School. Coach James McCormick coming back for another year. Uh, he just he said he wasn't ready to give up, uh, you know, the coaching part of it. He really enjoys teaching these kids. Wow, that's that's that is awesome. I'm I'm happy. I'm as as, as obvious uh, as, as a great com- competitor that he is, and he definitely makes me lose sleep whenever we play those guys. Um, I'm I'm still glad to see him back. He's great, great coach that I look up to. So that's awesome news. I didn't know that. I, I was kind of concerned that he was going to step down, but Coach McCormick, glad to hear that you're coming back. Yeah, he is back and uh, for another world, at least another year anyway. And so a lot of news there. And uh, as you already know, Coach Brian Sofanelski uh, back with us at Kent Island High School at the top there with those reins. And Al Waters still at, at uh, Queen Anne. So really not a lot of shakeups there, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out now that we know the solution there at North Carolina just how Kent County rolls out and J.M. Bennett. And uh, I, I know that uh, uh, some locals put in for it there and then uh, also a, a coach out of Mississippi. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how all of that plays out uh, in the coming month. Because I would think at this thing, at this point, Coach, would you agree it's you're almost at go time where you got to get the head coach in position? Yeah, I, I... Man, I I think that it's it's difficult for kids to develop some really good habits going into their senior year without a head coach being there. I mean, especially if you want to be a contender in the base side. I think the base side has definitely improved in terms of just 
you know, a top to bottom conference and, you know, guys are guys are starting lifting and, you know, implementing, um, you know, their cultures in the winter and spring as opposed to just, you know, showing up in the summertime. So I think the sooner sooner the better. Talking with Coach Isaiah Taylor from Y High, the head football coach there. This portion of the Time Out with Short Sports podcast is brought to you by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance, located in Stevensville at 112 Log Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park, now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at the Edge Training Academy. I want to talk about the seniors right off the bat uh, that are going to be uh, graduating coming up here at the end of May or beginning of June. Uh, You had several guys uh, sign national letters of intent to play at the next level. Of course, uh, Jace Freeman signing his letter of intent to play at Stony Brook, which kind of surprised me that he was going to New York. (laughs) Yeah, I think that... uh... You know, he he had a lot of options. I think he had the most uh, offers out of our guys. And, you know, it it, it was a, a process that you know I just remember a lot of long conversations with Jason. You know, um, you know it was it was it was a challenging process for him. But I think when he when he visited Stony Brook and when he connected with the coaches, he felt like um, he felt closest to home. He felt like the environment was full of passion and excitement. Um, you know, he felt like it was competitive and it was an environment where he could grow um, and, and really become a better person first and a better player. And so, you know, I enjoyed helping him through that process. And those coaches at Stony Brook, they seem amazing. and I'm sure he's going to flourish. We'll, we'll talk about the role you play in that as a coach coming up, but I want to talk about uh, three other players that also signed their letters of intent. Uh, Lennon Cox, you know, he was being recruited by Delane Fitzgerald at Frostburg, and then uh, Coach Fitzgerald left and went to Southern Utah University, and Lennon's heading to Utah. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm so happy for him. I mean, he's just a kid I've had for some years now, and he's – absolutely committed in any and every way possible as a student, you know, earning over a 3.5 grade point average and, you know, and as, as a player and what he did for this program and kind of being the anchor of our identity, being a a team that likes to dominate in the trenches. And, you know, I think Lennon was very underrated and um, I'm, I'm really excited that he was able to get a scholarship and, you know, he is, he lives with just his mom and his sister and they're, Great support system for him. I know they're gonna miss him, but Lennon's gonna Lennon's gonna be very successful at the next level. I'm I'm positive of that. You talk about the trenches. Another guy that was in the trenches that uh, did a good job dominating Norwood Desir. Uh, he is packing up and he's going to be heading to the University of Richmond, uh, not too far away, close enough that if you want to make the from Salisbury the the four hour trip to see him play, you can do just that. <laughs> yeah, look at. First thing he said was, you know, coach, you gonna come out and visit me? And you know, <laughs> I, I pat him on the back. I said, no doubt, brother. I'll, I'll be there to see you play. And Norway, man, what a story! Incredible story he's gonna have uh, when it's all said and done, and just how he's persevered through a lot of adversity through his life, his home life, and you know, for him to get a scholarship and to get a free education to a, a school as prestigious as Richmond. You know, I I don't really cry much as a coach, but that that was definitely a tearjerker to watch him sign his letter of intent. 
And, and what, a, what an honor it is for the University of Richmond to get such a good kid as well. Uh, the other player to mention, uh, he's going to Aurora University in Illinois. Uh, the guy that uh, I've said for uh, four years now has the coolest name in football, Malachi Mazzetti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Malachi, he... You know, he, he has some Division two offers, and he could have walked on to some places. But, you know, one thing I really respect about his decision is that he felt a true connection, a genuine connection with the coaches, with the program, with the vision, and he felt like it was the best fit for him. And that's, that's always um, a good feeling as a coach to be able to send one of your players to a place where they feel right at home. And so, man, he's a workhorse, and I know he's going to do great things up there for uh, Coach Beebe former, um, you know, professional football guy. And so I just um excited for him. And, you know, he's got a younger brother you'll, you'll, you'll hear about that is uh, Ryzen Jr., uh, Wynn Mazzetti, who can hopefully follow after his footsteps. Very good stuff. Now, I mentioned uh, a moment ago, uh, you had mentioned you know, going through the process with, with Jason and all of these kids. Uh, talk a little bit about the, that process for for people that aren't familiar, the role a coach plays in that, because people see you on the sidelines, you know, on Friday nights, but they forget the work that goes in uh, for, well, Saturday through Thursday. And part of that process is the recruiting process. So talk a little bit about the process that you play as a coach in that. Well, it, it, I'm be honest, it starts from all the guys that recruited me when I was in high school, I've been fortunate to keep those contacts um, throughout the years, you know, through college. And, you know, I was a young college coach. And um, being able to reconnect with those guys now as a head coach at Waha has, has definitely paid dividends because, you know, the guys know me um, and they kind of respect my opinion. And so that's one connection. And two is just being able to, to reach out and make contact with these guys um, and for them to trust my opinion, you know, about the guys that we're, we're sending them. And so me and Coach Davis especially, you know, we kind of partner up in, in making phone calls and sending emails pretty much on a daily basis. I can't really remember many days in season, out of season, where we're not talking to some type of college coaches. Um, you know, and they, they all come by. I always tell kids, hey, if you're good enough, you know, to go to this school or this Power 5 school, you can do it because – you know, there's SEC schools, ACC schools, you know, great Division One AA's and D2 and D3's that all come through. So, you know, we just try to give them – we also try to educate the parents in that process, Mark, and just like sitting down with them and telling them about the the eligibility center through the NCAA and, you know, just working with the – our guidance counselors here are amazing. You know, they meet with our, our football guys and look at their transcripts and figure out what they need. So it's a, it's a process. It takes a village of all of us, but – um yeah, it's definitely a role that is that is unseen. You, you talk about the the parents and sitting down with them and and really educating them because, yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of parents when when you have a good student athlete, one that you know makes the varsity football team that is a starter. You know, it's instant that dad or mom, for the most part, will say, my son's going to play in the NFL one day. <laughs> and it's really it's up to you, I guess, as the coach to, to educate him and say, listen, there aren't many that make it that far. And D1 isn't your only option. Right, man. It's always a tough conversation. Uh, I, I always hope and pray that it goes over smoothly. But, yeah, I mean, it's 
being able to evaluate our kids and and give coaches an honest you know perspective because my first year I was thinking man I, I thought that every kid I was my every kid on my team's biggest fan and wanted them all to play at the biggest school but in all reality if you know if if a college coach can 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 respect your opinion as a coach your evaluation then the better like you know more likely you know they'll be able to take a shot on a kid but you know each I try to educate the kids and the parents that hey. You know, not everybody's gonna go on Division One scholarship, and it is okay. I played at Salisbury University, and you know, I, I I'm obviously biased, but I played under a great head coach and played in a great program, and and really enjoyed my time and got a great education out of it. So, you know, it's 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 all about what the best fit is for the kid. Talking with Isaiah Taylor, head coach of the Y High football program. We'll continue our conversation with him after this on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hi folks, David Wilson Jr. of the Preston Automotive Group here. Did you know that we can deliver your vehicle straight to your home or office? You can view and purchase vehicles from Preston's complete inventory online at PrestonMotor.com. Preston Automotive Group is here to ensure you get exactly what you've been looking for. We can even custom order select brands straight from the source. Integrity, urgency, teamwork, personal growth, attention to detail, community. These are the core values we live by here at the Preston Automotive Group. We're family, friends, and professionals. Visit us online at PrestonMotor.com to get started today. This portion of the Time Out with Short Sports podcast sponsored by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. I'm Mark Potter, Mike Bradley off, and I'm with Isaiah Taylor, head coach of the White High Indians football team. And, boy, your football player have uh, had quite the year. They had a, a good year there in the playoffs in football, and now here they are in the uh, in the regional tournament and Bayside champions in basketball. So thank God you were able to supply a team to Coach Butch Waller. <laughs> yeah, Coach Coach Waller. You know, and before the season started, he's he's like, man, Coach, I don't I don't know what I'm going to have, man. I man, we will be 500 at best, and you know, I kind of had a feeling that hey. If you grab a bunch of these football guys, hey, I can tell you that they'll they'll play tough and play with effort, and they're smart kids, and so and they're close. You know, I, we spent a lot of time together, and so that's the one aspect that you can't really measure. And so, no, I'm really happy for those guys and Coach Waller, Coach King, doing a really solid job with the the basketball team. As a football coach, uh, I got to ask this: Do you encourage your players to be active in more than just one sport? Yes, I always encourage it. Um, you know, especially based by based on position. You know, um, I believe that the skill guy should definitely be involved in basketball or track and field. I think that the the the, the guys in the trenches should be in the wrestling room. Um, you know, and we're fortunate that the guys really, really want to be in the weight room because we have such a beautiful facility here uh, where we lift weights, and so. You know, but for the most part, it's like we got to push guys to play other sports because they just want to. Because we, you know, we pretty much start weightlifting up, you know, maybe a couple weeks after the season, and so, you know, the, the guys want to get right back in there, and we we try to encourage them to to play some other sports for sure. How important you mentioned the weight room and getting into the weight room, and yeah, you know, there have been years uh, in years past where coaches didn't really 
find the importance of weight room. But, but over the last five, ten years, how important do you see the weight room in developing your program? I think that the weight room does, you know, wonders for any football program, Mark. I think first, you know, the attitude and the grit and the, the mental toughness that it develops. You know, you ask a kid to be consistent seven months out from the season and the bus's tail, um, that's going to pay dividends to your program. I've seen it work out for us. And, you know, obviously and we, we're very fortunate to have the personnel we have kind of helping us plan out our strength and conditioning with, with Dominic Flores, at CSP, and just some other people we have involved who are giving us a, a top-notch college, you know, like program. And guys are, you know, noticeably getting bigger, faster, and stronger. Um, so I, I think it makes a huge difference. I think, you know, when you, you're trying to play for uh, you're trying to play for a state championship, you know, your guys have to be at a be able to be able to compete with those guys who are normally contenders. They got to you know you got to match up with size and speed, and and that's a long season to play all the way into late November, December. I mean, you gotta gotta really take care of your body, and so no, it it trend. I would give a lot of credit and say that it even transformed our program here. So, but weight the, the weightlifting program in the off season is more than just about strength and conditioning, right? It, it, it is it also about the bonding and the team bonding and the team camaraderie that comes from that. Oh, absolutely! These guys, you know, just to use our team as an example, these guys don't go without seeing each other. I mean, we go from. You know, like I said, we've been here since January, um, lifting weights with each other, and you know, through February, through the spring, and through the summer. And when it's when it's time to put the pads on, you can look to your left and your right. You know, the same guy you've been, you know, kind of just blood, sweat, and tears working with in the weight room is the same guy you're relying on to to make a tackle with you or to make that throw or catch. And so, it's it's huge when it comes to team bonding. Um, once again, I look at year one, our first year here, and that culture wasn't really a huge emphasis um, before I got here. And I look at now where it is, and, you know, the kids just buy in, and they become so close, and it makes a difference on game day. We're talking with Isaiah Taylor, head football coach at Why High. This portion of Time Out with Shore Sports podcast presented by the Preston Automotive Group. It's sponsored by Perrette and Boy Therapy Associates located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perrette and the staff get you back to feeling new again, accepting most insurance policies. So step away from the pain by calling Perrette and Boy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. Really rehashing and talking about the program there at Y High right now. And, Coach, when I think back to, you know, where you were uh, the first year you took over and the way that you have blossomed that program, I want to talk about uh, a, a little bit of the school spirit that goes along with that. You know, we saw J.M. Bennett this year. Their numbers were uh, you know, atrocious for, for all their sports. It wasn't just football. It was for a lot of the sports. They didn't get the numbers out. And that is a program that has struggled in the last couple of years. Does success on Friday nights on the football field breed more kids wanting to come out to play? And what does it do for the spirit within the school? Well, I think first, you know, I think the the first thing you you got to be able to do is, you know, convince the kids that of of the person that you are because you know our kids at Waha, man. I mean, 
I, I truly believe that even if we were to be a zero and nine type of team, that these kids are so loyal to us uh, coaches and each other that they would still fight each week because of how we do things and how we emphasize discipline and character and all that good stuff that's so valuable. So for, I think that's the first you know, step one in developing uh, a team where kids in the school want to play for. And then second, obviously, yes, if you, if you are winning those games, uh, more kids want to play. You know, I think we've just seen that. I mean, I think my – when I first got a job, you know, it was we had high 30s, and each year it just goes up 40s, and now we're in 50s and 60s. So, yes, success and winning breeds um, more participation in the school for sure. And, and I think that, you know, when those things are happening and the the faculty and the school and administration, they're seeing, you know, you know, football kids have great influence. You know, they, they're able to influence the other students in their class. They can influence the entire culture of a school. And so when our when the, the football kids are, quote, unquote, the cool kids, and they're the ones that are sitting in the front and, you know, walking around with their pants up on their waist and they're doing their schoolwork and they're not getting in fights, well, then all of a sudden, you know, their classmates will start to follow, and which will allow for, again, just much more great team spirit because, you know, I think about a guy like B.J. Cook, you know, who's, you know, a, a great basketball and football player, and he's, you know, by one of the most popular kids in the school, but he's a 4.0 student as well, and he's never been in trouble, and he's never late to class, and he, you know, he's yes, ma'am, no, sir, and um, I, I think when he's the coolest kid, you know, people are gonna follow that, and it's it, it's helped our school our school uh, school pride tremendously. What what do you attribute somebody like B.J. Cook, a great kid, but what do you attribute? That, too, with him sitting up in the front row, him getting a 4.0, him being dedicated to the to the to both sports that he plays, and, and he does well at both sports, you know, the running back and as the ball handler. I mean, what do you attribute that to? Is it the fact that you've come in and say, hey, and Coach Waller the same, hey, this is the way it's going to be, you get in line or be gone? Yeah, I would 100% say it took – it, it it takes a painful process, I would say, uh, where you got to kind of lay your lay aside your pride as a coach, and that's what we did in 2019. I mean, we we cut some really good players, you know, that that season who just would not fall in line. And, right. Um, you know, we had to kind of trim the fat, and it cost us some games. I'll never forget playing North Carolina and probably our best player. We you know we we set him because you know there was an incident where he kind of got out of line. And, you know, I looked at my staff and said, "Look, guys, it's, it's not an option." You know, if we lose because of this, then, hey, it'll be a valuable lesson that we'll remember in the long run. But, yeah, I think, you know, again, between what we've done as coaches, obviously he has a great support staff from his parents. And, um, yeah, I mean, coaches from myself all the way down to, you know, all of my coaches who were emphasizing the same thing, discipline, discipline. I think we say that word more than any other word around here. Well, and, and it's a good word to use because when you first got the job there, you and I spoke several times, and that was one of the things that I always felt that while Why High always had the student athletes, they mm-hmm. never had the discipline. And you said that we're going to get there. And I remember that game. We broadcast that game, and you told me leading into the game, said, hey, best kid I got's on the bench because he didn't act right and I had to make the call and I was like and I remember saying on that broadcast wow 
we've got a culture change going on right here and watch out for why high and that that's kind of been the case i mean with what you've done you've made the hard choices and, uh, and you've turned a lot of things around there at Y High because of it. And congratulations to you there. But I also know in talking to you that you're not done yet. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm, man, I'm, I, I'm getting chills right now to think about it. We, we didn't accomplish what I, we, we're nowhere near have accomplished what I think we're cap- actually capable of. Um, you know, there's still some, some things that we need to improve upon. Um, you know, whether if that's as individuals on the team and the program and our coaching staff and just even as a program. And I think, you know, I think we're going to be in this position for a long time. But, you know, one thing I love about my, my, my staff is none of these guys are complacent. You know, we've had more coaches meetings and film breakdowns and, you know, lifting sessions and, I mean, going, going to clinics and, done everything we could to get better. And it's not because, you know, we're so obsessed with winning and, you know, just one of those those types of coaches who just would do anything to win. But um, just more so it's our character, just people who want to – it's Jace running up to me. I'm on an interview, <laughs> and, he's, and he's running up to me. Get out of here. <laughs> wow. He scared the heck out of me. Good stuff, though. Well, good luck to him in his basketball game. He's getting ready to play his, his game. But sorry about that, Mark. No, no you're, you're good. Jace is one yeah. of the good guys, and you know, there's no doubt. Uh, you know, they, they do. They, we're recording this on Monday for Tuesday distribution. Why High plays uh, against uh, Parkside tonight. So uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Why High should win it, of course and which would set up a Wednesday game with the winner of Ken Island and Queen Anne's. Talking with Isaiah Taylor, when we come back, I want to talk about the uh, the youth programs that feed in to Y High and, and how we're looking for the next couple of years. That's next here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hi, I'm Beth Ann Langrill with For All Seasons. When you encounter someone who is acting unkind, it's easy to think, what is wrong with you? Try taking a step back and instead thinking, I wonder what happened to that person. They might be facing a health issue or experiencing significant stress at home or at work. Extend a kind word or a hand to this person. You can ask without judgment, are you doing okay? I notice you seem upset. Is there anything that I can do? Reaching out to someone in this way will help them feel acknowledged. Whether it's an adult or a child, remember that each person is experiencing things we know nothing about. Your understanding could give someone the lift that they truly need. This Mental Health Minute has been brought to you by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center. For All Seasons is your community resource offering therapy and psychiatry to children, adults, and families. Call 410-822-1018 for more information. That's right. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is sponsored by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at forallseasonsinc.org. Mark Potter here, Mike Bradley off today, and we are talking with Isaiah Taylor.
Taylor, head coach of the football team at Y High in Salisbury. And coach, I mean, being there with Y High and Parkside and J.M. Bennett, and, you know, all of you sharing uh, the local community feeder systems, I guess. But there's a couple of different systems that roll into Wicomico County. How is the future looking youngster-wise for the Y High Indians? <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, I just got done uh, making those trips to our local middle schools um, and making contact with some of our local youth program coaches. And, man, I, I got back to the school, and the first thing I did when I looked at Coach Davis, I said, man, I think we're going to be all right for a while um, with some of these these eighth graders and seventh and sixth graders, man, who are just ginormous and, man, have, are just gifted with natural athleticism. And, um, man, we, we got some, some really, really talented kids coming in. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's definitely a, a battle, you know, in this area where, you know, teams are so close. Us being in the parks are kind of having to share the same pool. But one thing I know that I feel very confident is that, you know, we just – we're just blessed to get these athletes at Waha, man. These kids that are walking through the school. Our school isn't the biggest, but, you know, you get a Jace Freeman, a Norwood Desir, go back and look at a Dominic Bailey. And we're just blessed with these kids that are right down the street from the school who can get after it, man. And so I'm, I think our, our future is looking bright. We've got some good quarterback coming in, some really big offensive linemen coming in. Um, you know, a lot of good skill position guys who are also good basketball players. So we're excited. Uh, your team, and obviously you're excited about what you've got coming and what you've got uh, there still in the uh, in the program. Do you do a weightlifting uh, program for your middle school kids that will be rising uh, freshmen, or is that just something frowned upon there in uh, Wicomico County? The day that they are done with uh, in the eighth grade, <laughs> that the very day. I mean, they. I mean, Wild Middle is down the street, and Salisbury's Middle is not too far. Uh, they come in that very same day. So okay. my seniors now, uh, which is you know Darius Foreman and Malik Letterberry and Caleb Robinson and John Norman, all these guys that are seniors this season. Uh, you know, we got them in the eighth grade. Went over to the middle schools and talked to them and. Um, the day that they got finished with eighth grade, they've been they started lifting with us, and it made a huge difference in our JV program and helping those kids develop. Good stuff, good stuff. Looking forward to seeing what Y High uh, can do this year. Uh, I, I know that this isn't something that you probably like talking about uh, because it's about you and uh, you're, you're one of those team guys, but uh, we're going to take the opportunity. I want to talk about something you're going through in your personal life right now. This portion of the podcast sponsored by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank, serving the midshore for over 120 years, convenient online and in-person banking. Plus they have money to lend. Get more info at any Queenstown Bank location or go to queenstownbank.com. Now, I only found out about this because you had put a post on Facebook uh, about it, but uh, you've got some kidney issues that you're dealing with right now. Yeah, I found uh, found out that I'm, um, you know, kind of have some hereditary um, kidney disease, um, you know, that sort of rapidly um, attacked my body. Um, 
you know, and so, yeah, you know, I found out about the disease and, um, you know, kind of went through a tough time of not feeling well about a month ago, um, you know, but, you know, thank God that I was able to get the treatment um, and get the help that I needed to sustain me and to keep me healthy for now. Um, but, you know, definitely still a process of, you know, getting towards that long-term solution and whatnot. So it's been challenging. You say to get healthy for for now. What does the future hold? Uh, you know, I, I, we've been looking. Um, I've been very, very blessed and fortunate to have some people um, kind of uh, sign up to become a living donor uh, when that time is comes for me to get a kidney transplant. Um, you know, some some very, very great friends and family of mine and even some strangers, man, that have been, you know, I'm just speechless about their willingness to, you know, pretty much save my life. And so, um, yeah, that's that's the long-term goal, Mark, is to, you know, find a match. Um, currently in the process of that now. Um, and then when once that happens, you know, I'll be getting that procedure done. But I'm I'm blessed that, you know, I'm not I'm not on dialysis or anything right now, but um, you know, just kind of taking taking the proper protocols and medication to, you know, stay symptom free until the long term solution gets here. Now, now, but you were on dialysis for a while, correct? No, I, okay. I wasn't on it. Uh, no, I wasn't. You were able to avoid that issue. Yeah, I was able to avoid it. Um, you know, thankfully, and so it's 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 definitely tough. It was something my my, my dad. Um, also had kidney disease. I believe my granddad did. So, you know, it's, again, it's something kind of hereditary that, you know, I hope and pray that I could break that cycle and kind of just be healthy and do the things that I love to do. A lot of people don't realize um, that you only need one kidney to live a healthy life. And we're yes. blessed with two. God gives us two, you know, right. but, but you only need one. So how can people find out if they could be a possible match for you? Or or maybe there's somebody else out there that they don't even know that if they would be interested in maybe checking to see if they have a kidney that could somebody could use. So there is a, uh, there is a, a questionnaire. Um, I've been, you know, going through this process with the University of Maryland Medical Center and, um, you know, there is a questionnaire if you were to, you know, get on the website and type in, you know, kidney, uh, kidney transplant living donor uh, okay. through their website. And there is a questionnaire um, that, you know, people can fill out and they can list my name. And, you know, if there, if there is, if anybody were to be interested, I've also just told people to reach out to me, uh, you know, via Facebook or, you know, my email, um, you know, just if if they're they're willing to, to kind of seek in the process, but yeah, I think once the the questionnaire gets finished, they could kind of, based on the the way you know the person answers the question, they can rule out or say, hey, look, you look like you might be able to advance in the next step, which is getting some blood work done. And so I've had, got some people doing some blood work for me right now and trying to see if you know they're a match. Um, I'm blood type O, which can be difficult sometimes because yeah. I believe being blood type O, you can get to anybody, but you can only receive O. And so um, I believe that they have to be, you know, um, an O blood type. 
Uh, doing a little bit of research after seeing your announcement and, you know, uh, finding out that, you know, actually a living donation uh, is usually more successful than getting a kidney from somebody that has passed. But uh, I guess when you absolutely have to have one, I mean, you take anyone you right. can get. But, um, you know, just how, how cool would it be for somebody that was a match would be uh, be willing to donate uh, a kidney to to help somebody else live a, a complete life as well, uh, because after all, when you get down to it, uh, a kidney will help you avoid having to go through the you know the continuous dialysis if it ever gets mm-hmm. to be that bad. Yeah, no, it's um like I said, just the folks that have reached out and that have that are in the process. I just want to shout them out and just continue to be as extremely grateful as I can I can be and thank them for that because yeah I mean it's um you know it's obviously something that's unexpected and I've been an athlete been active and healthy my whole life um yeah I remember we were you we were even joking <laughs> a couple a year or two ago about you know my vegetarian diet uh Mark you got on me a little yeah, bit yeah say but, you should have you know. eaten meat when you'd be <laughs> no, you wouldn't be in this situation <laughs> no it makes it worse <laughs> but no it's just uh Man, it, it it is just an incredible feeling to have somebody be willing to to do that, and um, you know, I've, some people have shared their stories of being living donors, and you know, they said it just was something that blessed them, and you know, they were able to recover fairly fast, and you know, to save a life is great. So, no, I'm definitely just humbled by the situation, and just praying and thanking God for each day I have. Tell folks again where they can find that form to fill out the, the questionnaire. Absolutely. Um, so University of Maryland Medical Center um, is if you, you know, if you go to their website and just to make it easy, if you go into the search bar on their website, you can type in living donor questionnaire. Uh, and when you type in a living donor questionnaire um, and they'll, they'll ask who you want to, you know, kind of seek, seek in the process of giving a uh, kidney for, you would type in my name, Isaiah Taylor. And, um, you know, uh, also you guys can, you know, add me on Facebook, um, you know, reach out Isaiah Taylor on Facebook and shoot me a message. There's been a lot of, a lot of great people who have done that as well. And I kind of help them and communicate with them through the process. I just got to your, your attitude, your demeanor through this whole process has been nothing but positive. And, you know, staring in, in the face of adversity and what you're having to go through health wise and and in the process, still trying to lead your team and what have you. I mean, where do, where does this positivity come from? Well, I would say first, to be honest, it comes from my faith. I mean, you know, it's been been some rough moments. And, you know, I think when, you know, it's a going through health issues and whatever type of issues, I think. It's a, a world that most people don't, you know, think about on a daily basis, you know. But when I was in that hospital, you know, the kind of only thing I could turn to was my faith in the Lord. And so that's that's definitely the the core and the anchor of my positivity that you see. And I, I think also, Mark, man, it's just I'm, man, I'm just blessed to have such great people around me, man, from my family, um, you know, my mom, my sisters, my brothers, you know, my, my grandmother, my cousins my friends, you know, my coaches, my kids. I mean, the first day I came back to work, I was in the hospital. Um, it was, 
Norwood, Malachi, and Lennon Sonner. And I walked in, and the whole team was in there. And, man, Mark, I don't think I've ever cried in front of my team before. But, you know, I, I definitely did that time. It was just overwhelming to have, you know, the type of love and support. And that keeps me going. I could just, you know, outside of hearing the Lord's voice, I, I, I saw a lot of their faces in my head. And I was like, man, I, I got to get up out of this hospital and get back <laughs> down to, to Salisbury for these kids. You know, I, I, they just mean so much to me. And, Everybody, again, who supports me, even, you know, you for allowing me to share the story. Just some really good people that I I can't I can't really complain. Good stuff. Boy, things are bright for you. So bright, in fact, this portion of the podcast is sponsored by Hook Sunglasses. Now, Coach, you got to get a pair of these, okay? Um, because <laughs> here we are. It's it's You're going to have the dog days of August before long. You're going to need to be wearing them sunglasses. And Hook Optics is just the place to go. You can find them in an optical galleria. They've got three locations to serve you. West Water Street in downtown Centerville. Uh, Harrison Street in downtown Easton. And also in the Tealmarks Plaza in West Ocean City. And, and I know you go down to Ocean City some and all that as well. So you got to go check them out. They've got frames just for women. They look like the aviators. And then, of course, they've got uh, frames for regular-headed people and then big-headed people like me, too. So stop <laughs> by and check them out. Hook Optic sunglasses, they are absolutely amazing. If you like to wear that C brand or the O brand, it's time to ditch them. High quality, not not as, ex- as expensive, and you need to check them out. They're locally owned, locally created Hook Optics. Check them out online at hookoptics.net or eisenart or hookoptics.com rather or eisenart.net. So uh, before I let you go, and, and I appreciate the time you've given me today because I know you're really busy. Uh, I, I want to talk about you as a person. When you look back over all the years that you've been involved in football, whether when you were a little kid, all the way up through high school and into college and now coaching, is there one memory? that stands out above all others? Oh, are we talking football memories specifically? Yeah. Okay. Man, there are so many. My goodness. Okay, what if I'm just going to – not that this one is more valuable than the other. It's just the first one that came to my head was was when we beat Frostburg um, in 2015 – when I was playing at Salisbury University, um, we were down 27 to seven going into the fourth quarter. Um, was this I'll game played forget. at Navy Memorial? No, it oh, okay. was not. It was okay. right. Yep, it was right at Seagull Stadium. And, okay. You know, we had just beaten Wesley College for the first time in 15 years, and that's the whole reason know, Wesley f- folded their program too. <laughs> yeah, right. It was that year. <laughs> But uh, Coach Fitzgerald, man, what a guy he is! And he was—he had turned that program around, and they were—they were getting after us, man. But I'll never forget one of my coaches. He said, "He's like at the start of the fourth quarter, he said, everybody relax, we're gonna win this game by one point." And sure enough, we came back. It was fourth and fifteen, and you know, a quarterback almost got sacked, and he spinned out and threw it, and I caught it with one hand, and you know, ended up scoring a touchdown. And um, man, it was just the craziest feeling to win the conference championship coaches were crying and hugging I mean it was just an unbelievable moment so that one stood out to me the most just because we had put so much work in to get to that point uh, my senior season and to win the conference was 
was a great, great feeling. Well, only because you brought it up, I'm going to ask, you know, when I when I asked about, you know, your most favorite memory, the one that stands out above all, you said football. So let's go overall then. Take football, just football out of it. Take the restrictions off. <laughs> the restrictions off. I would probably say one of the greatest moments of my life. Man, also so many as well. All right, so I'll grab the first one that I can think of, um, and that was, was probably my sister. My sister almost passed away mm. in 2014, and, I mean, she was, the doctors was like, there's nothing we can do type of thing, and, um, man, I, I had never prayed so much, and, you know, man, I just kind of took faith onto, you know, God being able to heal people, and, um, man, the next day I, I had a dream about my sister getting better, and I woke up, and we went to the hospital, and, the doctors were just like mind blown. They couldn't believe that all her test results had changed overnight. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, she's just as healthy as if that stuff never happened. It was like a virus that attacked her lungs. And, um, man, it was a legit miracle. I had never seen a miracle in my life. And that just, I feel like that event changed the, the person that I am today. Like, I think I just was like, all right, God is real. And, you know, life is short and, you know, time for me to, you know, time for me to do things in my life the right way. And so, no, that was, that was probably the best uh, moment of my life. God answered some prayers there. No doubt about it. That's right. Wow. Well, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, wishing you uh, well health, of course. And hopefully we can find a, a living donor out there somewhere. Maybe it's somebody you've already spoken to or maybe it's somebody that uh, God's going to send across your path. But whatever the case may be, hopefully we can get that, um, you know, uh, taken care of so that uh, we don't have to worry about anything happening to you because you got, you, you got a football season to get ready for. <laughs> That's right, Mark, man. And I, I just also appreciate you ever since I got a job always being good to me. And so, I, again, I, I appreciate you, brother. Well, you're good people, and uh, you're doing it all for the kids. I mean, that's what we do what we do for, and you do it as well, because we know you don't do it for the money, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 sir. No, sir. Uh, well, listen, uh, looking forward to talking to you some more before we get to the season, and, uh, uh, hey, good luck this year, and, of course, uh, have fun getting them ready over the summertime and those dog days of summer. I'm not going to miss that. Yeah, that's right. I got you. I'm walking in the weight room now, brother. Thanks for having me. Isaiah Taylor, why hi? On the timeout with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. My goodness, so good to talk with Isaiah there. And hey, don't forget you can still share the podcast let people know where they can find it yeah and don't forget to check out shoresportsmd.com spring sports are starting my goodness we got a lot coming up shoresportsmd.com check that out and feel free to share as well uh, looking forward to bringing you more sports stay tuned for another timeout with shore sports podcast presented by the preston automotive group Coming back at you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.